Father, I would like for you to meet my darling wife of many, many good years, March. Hello. So, what brings you to America? I have come to see the woman for whom Apu was willing to disgrace his family and spit on his culture. Ah. Here I am. Okay, gotta run. Apu, I'm sure you want to get upstairs and fix that broken toilet before Marge yells at you again. I'm just so honored to have you here in our home. Thank you. And having met you, let me say how deeply, deeply disappointed I am. Apu, your arranged bride, Manjula, is a sweet, refined, chaste woman. Are you nuts? <sighs> Mother, come on. You know that one out of every 25 arranged marriages ends in divorce. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week, we're here to review the two Mrs. Nahasapima Padalong. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Welcome back, man. It's been, what, two weeks? You know, it's weird. I walked into the um into the studio, as we call it, aka the spare room in my house, that's filled with pop vinyls at the moment because I did the video for work, but I hadn't sat yep. down in this seat for two weeks. I, was, I had to sort of like get my bearings. I was like, all right, so the, the recorder goes here and the, the mouse is there. Like, yeah. I've only been away for two weeks, but it just feels like a lifetime. I've ha- I had my laptop charger in my car, and I don't know why, but I was running around like a bad man, going, "Oh my god, Dando is calling! Dando is calling!" <laughs> <laughs> trying to find where where the power was. I don't, you did take a while to answer the Skype call. I thought he's forgotten. He's forgotten in ten minutes. Ten minutes ago, he texted me saying he's ready, <laughs> and he's already forgotten. When when have I ever done anything quite that silly? That silly? Hmm. No, not that silly. But uh, speaking of stuff that was silly, last week we did a live podcast, didn't we? We did. I don't know if we'd call that silly, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was um, it was much better than I thought. Like it just the night went so smoothly. It was just mm. it was great. There yeah. was a couple of technical things that went wrong here and there, but that's expected with the first ah, ever small, event. But small things, and largely that's because I dropped it on the sound guy with about ten minutes notice that I thought of some visual aids for some for some intro jokes about OJ Simpson. Yeah, and I, I I actually cut that out of the um of the feed. So you guys back unless you were there, Fair you enough. would never have seen it. And A it didn't work anyway on in an audio kind of way because you have to see the pictures to get the jokes. Well, you know? I thought you I thought you were just like it didn't work anyway. I was like, I remember people laughing. <laughs> Motherfucker. Oh well you, you couldn't hear them <laughs> in the recording either. <laughs> no, what I meant was at the night, on the night, it worked well. The um I, I feel like people didn't really appreciate your um your hangover joke as much as you thought they would because you were like, this is going to kill. And I'm like, eh. I got the laugh I was after. <laughs> the, the single laugh? <laughs> can you can you please not talk down my I'm joking. opening routine? It was good. I'm just, dude, dude, we're dude. We're going to be doing I, another. I, I'm I was going to say, we'll be doing more of these <laughs> and I want people to think that they're going to come and get some funny, which they did. They did, yeah. It was um, but, And Briggs as well. I've got to show, throw a uh, thank you out to Briggs for taking the time to come down. I mean, you got paid, but you still, you took the time to come down. Um, yeah, it was a it was a really really fun night. But thank you most importantly to everyone who came down for the live podcast, all the listeners that came out. There was so many of you guys there, and it was much appreciated that you all turned up because it just made the night that much better. Uh, yeah, it was it was really good. Thank you very much, in particular, to everyone that decided to talk through the interview with Briggs as well. That was appreciated. I, I remember during the interview, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, "Oh, people are talking, whatever." I'm just going to keep going. I could see you occasionally just glancing at the audience. You were filthy. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, I was. Um, that was me masking it. You, you should have seen what would have, what I would have looked like if I'd let it go. <laughs> I remember just going, Mitch, do not say anything. No, I wasn't going to say anything, but I was tempted to give it the uh, hello live podcast here. 
Uh, but yeah, all in all, it was a fantastic evening and we don't have a date 100% confirmed yet. Well, it is confirmed. But we don't want to announce it yet. Um, going to be in a couple of months' time. We're going to be doing another one in Melbourne. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. We'll probably announce it on next week's podcast when that's yep. going to be. And I cannot wait for that. And there's, there's been a lot of requests for from our fans and friends interstate. And believe us when we say that that's something that we'll absolutely look at doing and be very interested to do. Obviously, an interstate trip, that requires time off work and other things need to be arranged. Whereas... Melbourne, we can pop up to for the night, and it's a lot easier. So don't feel um, don't feel like you're being left out. We'll definitely take the show on the road at some point. It will just be a, need a bit more coordination. Uh, this is what we do here on Four Finger Discount. We just have production meetings here on the show. Just going to throw it at you too now, Mitch. That a Sydney venue is already booked and done and dusted. Date's not set, but whenever we want to do it, it's locked in. Cool. What are you doing Friday? <laughs> Friday's no good for me. How about Saturday? <laughs> Saturday's worse than Friday. <laughs> ah. How about October? <laughs> I said fine. True story. <laughs> Alrighty, so anyway, the two misses um, the Hustle Pima Pedalons. Um for me, yeah. I'm gonna be honest, this episode was pretty underwhelming. Like it was it had its moments, but it, it was just kind of there. It never went anywhere. Like I guess it sort of it introduced Manjula at the end, but for me it just felt like it just, it just didn't quite feel right. It didn't feel like a standard Simpsons episode to me. Maybe because Homer was such a side character in this. Oh, I don't think I don't think that's the issue. Homer's been, you know, Homer's taken a back seat before. Yeah, but he was just treated like I, any I other character is... here. Like, like anyone, anyone could have played his role in this. Yeah, they could. Uh, that's true. But I, I don't think anyone else would have been quite as funny as Homer exploiting the old folks' home. That's the, that's uh, the subplot. Fine, I'm talking about when he's in in regards to the Apu stuff. So the sub story oh, yeah. is really good. But the um yeah the Apu stuff I just thought yeah, he's just there you know and doesn't even need to be there. Uh well look I think he's funny enough he he adds enough funny throughout that I didn't have a problem with that. My main issue with this episode was just that it was a bit kind of mixed and muddled. I don't think it really knew what it wanted to be. Like it starts out as a kind of jab at Springfield's bachelors and makes fun of of the men that they've uh, the male c- characters they've created in the show. Then it turns into like a semi-satire on arranged marriage, but it never fully pans out with that. And if anything, it backflips on it by saying, oh, hey, look, arranged marriage was great the whole time. And all of the stuff with Homer and the old folks' home. Now, I I did a bit of reading about this, and it was just it was a pitch that they had actually had for an entire episode, and they couldn't think of anywhere to go with it, so they just threw it in as a B-plot. But the problem is it comes in as a B-plot, and it, they couldn't think of anywhere to go with it. Like, it's still just, it's like they just went, uh, we haven't got enough time for our A story. It only goes for 14 minutes. So let's just have a six-minute interlude where Homer, it was almost like a Monty Python sketch, like when the old folks accounting firm takes over the movie or something like that. Like, you just completely forget about the storyline for a bit while Homer's off doing his thing, which is funny. It's probably some of the funniest stuff in the episode. But it was just kind of pointless. It's not as satisfying as a whole. It, did, it didn't get the time it deserved. I feel like they could have probably fleshed it out a bit more. But like you said, they just really, it just felt rushed to the point. Even the way it ended where Cornelius just rocks up and all of a sudden Homer's running out the window. And I'm like, oh. But for some reason, I remembered it being more. But no, it was just, it started in the second act and it was almost over in the second act. And, and, the, and, and for me, the, the third act just felt really, just felt odd that the whole episode, or not the whole episode, but the whole second act is about how much Apu's mum doesn't like the Simpsons family, yet then she decides to well, host... Well, just Marge. Oh, just Marge. But she's annoyed that you know they've got kids and the kids annoy her and whatnot. But then she decides to 
still live with them and then have their Apu's wedding at their house. And I know they point out why she's still living here, but it's not enough. It just felt it just felt stupid to me. Look, why why would she have the marriage, have the wedding, if she's planning it all, why would she plan it in the Simpsons backyard? Well, Apu lives in an apartment, so it's gotta be somewhere. But should wouldn't and wouldn't wouldn't she have it somewhere else though? Why would she have it at, at the house where all of these lies have gone down, all these lies? I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that traditionally Hindus get married at a residence. You need to fact check that, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. We uh we live in an age of Donald Trump. Fact checking is out the window. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I just all in all that I just felt like you said it. Just it, the episode did feel muddled. Every act just felt rushed. It just never seemed to really, never seemed to settle and really get into a like flesh out the story properly. It was just here's one thing, here's another thing, here's another thing. Nothing really is properly uh, spaced out and given enough time. But here's just a bunch of crap that we're just going to throw at the wall. Kind of like the, the Homer subplot thing. What normally happens with a Simpson subplot is that you'll come to it, go back away, come back come back to it for a little bit, go away, and it kind of, you know... Well, it doesn't need to necessarily have a main arc or anything like that. I, I don't have any issue with the fact that Homer just fled out the window and that's how it ended. That actually was pretty funny when it's just... The, yeah, the it shot was very funny. Yeah, yeah. It's just that it, it was all so condensed because while you were there, you didn't see much else of what was happening in Springfield nah, or that, with the Apu story, more to the point. I feel there was more they could have done with him and Jasper. A little feud brewing there. Nah. No, I was fine with that. No, I reckon I, I, could have, I reckon there was more they could have done with it. But blow yeah. Jasper up. What's that? <laughs> send him car- just blow Jasper up, send him careening down <laughs> a hallway or something like that. Like a wild coyote roadrunner kind of thing. Actually, you know why you think that? It's because Jasper and Homer only get two incidences together. And it's you know, it's basic rule of storytelling that or not rule, but you know, a common trope in storytelling is that things happen in threes. So, because it was just set up and then resolved, you're probably thinking like, well, where's the middle of that story? Yeah, because you see Homer, they, they, they really emphasize Homer's annoyed that Jasper has the electric uh, wheelchair. Hmm. They need to play that up more to build to the moment where Homer just goes, ah, forget it and just runs. And I just, I just or, or at least have some sort of squabble. I don't know. Just It just felt like there's a lot they left on the table with that storyline. But the, like you, you were saying earlier, the only reason they had it was because they needed Homer out of the house for an act. Yeah. Uh, just reading on Hindu weddings, the according to Wikipedia, wedding ceremonies can be expensive and costs are typically borne by the parents. It is not uncommon for... Uncommon for Why were you just... Or- you were about to do an Indian accent, weren't you? No, 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 I just misspoke. It is not uncommon for middle or upper class weddings to have a guest list of over 500 people. Okay. Uh, 130, what do you have? Uh, 104, I think. Often a live instrumental band plays, so that was checked off in the uh, episode. Rituals performed and family and friends bless the couple. Okay. Doesn't say anything about location. Let's see, venue. No. While you're finding location, also Andrea... Until, okay. until I've been proven wrong, they all happen at homes. <laughs> Andrea Martin, she voiced Apu's mother. And I, when I found this out, I sort of thought, you know, I can kind of see why it must be annoying that it's not an Indian voicing the character. You know, I thought this as well in that, I mean, it's one thing for it to be Hank Azaria because he's a recurring cast member and he happens to be white, but he's there week in, week out. And he was there from the start. And he was there from the start. But when you've got someone that's just coming in to play a one-off guest, could you not have found any Indian woman anywhere? At all? To play that role? Yeah, it just, just, I I read that and went, ah, 
I, I just assumed it would have been an Indian actress. And what puzzled me more was that she said, I listened to tapes of Hank doing the Apu voice to, to sort of get my voice. It's like, so you listen to a white guy pretend to be an Indian to try and work out how to be an Indian. Yeah, but that that's in context though. That's more about making sure that she sounded like similar a to him. I know, yeah, like a poo, not like an Indian. But still, that that sentence to me just read poorly. <laughs> yeah, if someone wanted to latch hold of that and make a documentary about it called "The Trouble with the Poo's Mother," <laughs> then that would certainly be a uh, a starting point. It'd be a good sequel, wouldn't it? Would be actually. Yeah, we should the make trouble it. with the Pooh's family. <laughs> Uh, the character of Manjula, I will say what this episode does well is introduce her as a really smart and intelligent person and it's, it's good that they don't reveal her to the end. You sort of, you're hearing about her throughout and throughout and throughout and you're like, well, who is this woman that, you know, Pooh's so repelled against and doesn't want to marry and whatnot and then when it's revealed, it's like, oh, she's actually, you know, really, she's beautiful, she's intelligent and she's really funny as well. Mm. She's got a really good sense of humour. Yeah, and I'm glad that they did incorporate a little bit of her personality to it and because Apu turns around on a dime when he sees her, which is another kind of problematic episode resolution in that, oh, I'm so against this arranged marriage stuff. And, oh, no, never mind, she's pretty. Yeah, so like, I'm happy that, to spend the rest of my life with her just because she looks good. It doesn't matter yeah. whether I haven't spoken to her yet, she just looks good. Yeah, so at least they did get in that she had a little bit of personality in the couple minutes that we had with her. Do you reckon Homer was a bit cartoony in this, particularly towards the end? Oh, the whole way through. Yeah, very. it just is the the realism of the character starting to fade a bit, don't you reckon? Well, the entire old folks' home is is as unbelievable as anything could be. That not one person recognizes that he's not seventy years old for a start. Yeah, I didn't even really think about that. Yeah, going back and forth on the you know, do I buy the candy bar or do i buy the 500 dollars scratchy that yeah that's uh, uh, that whilst that's funny i'm just like ah, oh, it's a bit too stupid you know it's just a bit mm. it's a bit too silly <laughs> it does set up though for well my favorite part of the episode we'll get to that in a moment unless you want to jump straight in um what was your favorite moment from the episode the homer on the couch reminiscing about the yodel <laughs> Oh, crap, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yodel was so good. I wish I was eating it right now. <laughs> it's just so great. Like, he only had a couple minutes head start, and in that time, he's managed to get home, kick his shoes off, lay down on the couch, and just think about his candy. When's the last time you reminisced about a meal? Um, uh, I think it was actually, when I went probably, to Parker Steakhouse for me. It was good steak. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, so one of the guys that I work with went there for his birthday over the weekend and mentioned it. And I just, he was, words were coming out of his mouth and I was just in another world um, reminiscing about the ribs, like the first time I ever had ribs from Parker's. You know, it's a pretty good endorsement for Parker's when we both thought about it. <laughs> yeah, someone just said it and I was just transported to a happier place. Okay, so listeners, there was about three seconds of pause there. So what I, did, I left a little break because what happened was I said to Mitch, we need to stop because I think I've woken up Elliot because Elliot's just gone into his own room. But you know what happened, Mitch? He'd lost his teddy. Aww. That's why he was sad. <laughs> so I went in there, gave him his teddy, and he's straight back to sleep. What a good little dude. Bobo. <laughs> Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, my favorite moment from the episode was Apu talking to his mother on the phone. And you think Homer's going to offer advice, but instead he's just asking where the sticky buns are. Yeah. I think Mike Scully said that that's one of his favorite jokes. Oh, really? In, yeah. Certainly, in, at the very least, in his time running the show. That was the one time where I actually laughed out loud. I thought that was just hilarious because I'm just like, that's actually, exactly what I would be like. <laughs> so did I. Um, I was 
in the lunchroom watching this one at work with headphones on and uh, that was one of those ones where I had to muffle like you know mouth over my hand sorry hands over my mouth that's how it works yeah. and just get <laughs> and sort of it like food nearly I nearly had ended up with brown rice in my nasal cavity <laughs> just because it just everything started coming out backwards that's one of the the biggest funnies I've had in a while from the Simpsons I really really enjoyed it <laughs> from this day forward your names will be New names, Mitch. Um, we'll save yours to the end. Let's go into the uh, the Patreon page on Facebook. Okay. And I, I noticed you hadn't asked yet, so I thought I'd, you know, jump the gun and do it. Thank you for doing that. Um, I've completely forgotten. Yeah. Um, so, we've got here, there was one that I really, really liked, and it was, there's a couple. So, there's I Hindu. I feel like you've mispronounced that if you want that to work properly. It's I Hindu. I Hindu. Yeah, okay. That works. James, Emphasis that was from, on the do. That was from, but anyway, that was from yes. James Booth. Tom Harris-Smith says, one wedding and a forgery. Uh-huh. One other one I liked was Joseph O'Hara, Much a Poo, a Batman Jew. <laughs> I was a big fan of Andrew Johnson, yes. with Wife of Pi. That's the best that's one. Pretty yeah. solid. That is, that's 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 the winner right there. Andrew Johnson, yeah. well done. Yeah, it was hard to top that. As soon as I saw that, I was like, well, is there any point reading any others? <laughs> Gear, Gearoid, Harry Hill says, Quickie Marriage. Uh, Harrison McClure, The Bollywood Bachelor. There's a few others, but like you said, Andrew Johnson, The Wife of, wife of Pi. Perfection. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, do you even want to read yours out? Is it going to be better than Wife of Pi? I don't know about better, but it's worthy. Calcutta, uh, Kolkata Wife Riders, little uh, reference to the IPL that started yesterday. Okay, cool. Wife of Pie is still pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's better. Next question. You there, eating the paste. Mitch, you kick off the proceedings. Oh, okay. Um, when was mm-hmm. the sign writer retiring? That's my first question. It's tomorrow. Well, the day, ah, the day after the bachelor auction, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I looked at that and I was like, I wonder if that was like a writer on his way out who just couldn't be bothered writing any more of those signs. That would be pretty funny, yeah. Or he just didn't tell him. Like, he waited He waited till the episode was going to air and retired the next day. Yeah. <laughs> my first, or I guess my second question now, because that was my first, how much does a poo sell for? Uh, is it $945? $926. Yeah. Close-ish. Yeah. Nine hundred. Still, I'm disappointed. I could have done better. <laughs> What's your second question? Uh, my second question. Allow me to find it. I'll allow it. How many? Uh, how many children did each family have? What, which families? Which? Which? What? Of the so Apu's parents and Manjula's parents. Ah, how how many it, children did they it, each have? Um, is it, a, is it four or five? Four. It was three. Three. Three each. Three each. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and my final question is, what's the slogan for Air India? Oh, uh, something about cat. We treat you like cattle. Correct. Well done. Mitch, yeah, one point. Now, now that, like you understand the significance of that joke? Yes, because they're like gods in India. Exactly. Um, th- like that's a joke that would have gone well and truly over my head when I was younger, obviously, because you just go, well, cattle don't get treated very well. Cattle class and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, the, uh. The wordplay on that quite clever. I'd be and interested to hear col- from from an Indian listener how they go about. If they live in Australia, how they go about, or even in in America, how they go about uh, cows just being, you know, everyday food. Mm. Like, does I wonder if that would really would it really affect you if it was so strongly against your beliefs? Yeah, it would be interesting. I'd, I'd actually, I would also be interested to hear from an Indian about. This episode in particular, when we reference things like the trouble with the poo, the documentary, like this is one that takes a, a couple swings at Indian culture. And yeah, I'd be curious to know uh, where where that falls on an actual 
yeah, as someone of Indian descent. I thought it was interesting that the um the people who were writing the episode did research on on Hindu weddings, and they were disappointed that you know they thought it, the stuff was going to be funnier than they than what it was. And I thought, why? Like, it just shows that you know they just how not dumb, but just how ignorant I guess they were. Oh, you know, it's it's big and it's extravagant. It must there's going to be so many funny aspects we can really take the piss out of. But there was nothing. They, all they mm-hmm. really used was the lotus flower, apparently. Yeah, which. I lo- that actually, if anything, had me thinking of Sherlock Holmes more than <laughs> Indian culture, like the um the five pips or something like that. Like it felt very, very Arthur Conan Doyle that someone would get a letter from their past and it would be just a inanimate object that would mean everything to them. <laughs> Such a pretty flower, though. Yeah, that's true. What, um, what was and- your final question, anyway? Oh, um, I thought I'd already asked three. Well, there we go. Uh, let me. Quickly peruse Frinkiac because Mitch may or may not have left his notes at work. Um, I had a feeling you didn't have any trivia in front of you. When Mo was going on vacation, what day was he going to return? Uh, Tuesday? Monday. Damn it. The obvious of days. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so you have no notes. Is that correct? I have Frinkiac in front of me and I have my memories, Dando. That's all we need. Disappointed, disappointed. Okay, Mitch, how's the episode start? <laughs> the episode starts with the opening titles. Actually, uh, actually, by the know, couch you, gag. You know what? You can give me uh, the original air date, which was what? Oh, uh, no, I can't. <laughs> I, all I have is, is, is season nine, episode seven. The original air date was November sixteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. The couch gag was Bart spray paints a picture of the family, and it looks like an Albato uh, drawing. I, when I watched this, I thought it surprised me that they hadn't already done that one. It just seems like a really yeah. obvious one to do. Given how prominent Elbato was in the early seasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Was a but little Elbato Easter egg very frequently. There was no chalkboard gag, but uh, Mitch, how does the episode start? Well, the episode starts with the Springfield Bachelor auction, uh, raising money for a new fire truck for the fire brigade. I feel like this episode peaked in the first five minutes, humor-wise. Um. Yeah, probably aside from a few moments. Like, like I said, I, I still... Consistently funny, you know? Yeah, it was consistently funny, as opposed to later on where it just sort of like picked up every now and then and gave you enough reason to laugh. Uh, so, it kicks off being hosted by Kemp Brockman, uh, or at the very least emceed by Kemp Brockman before Krusty comes out. I don't know who the host and who the MC is in these sorts of affairs, but it's being announced by Kent Brockman. Well, the host is Krusty. Okay. Yeah. Good evening, I'm Kent Brockman. Our top story, punks and lots of them. And all to raise money for the Springfield Fire Department to buy a fire engine so they can get to fires. Lazy bums. Yeah, why don't we buy a mink stoles while we're at it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one. <laughs> it's such a Springfield thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that the moment where they cut to the actual firemen is great, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that in a moment. But yeah, so Barney's the first guy. <laughs> but before that, you're crusty. Like, he's your typical... You know, not, what's the word? No, no, experience is not the word, but it's just he's done this many times. He doesn't need any practice. He just walks in. Yeah, show me the teleprompter. Not reading that. Yep. Not reading that. Not yep. reading that. Not reading that. <laughs> I loved that. I loved the idea that someone's written this really bad script that even Krusty is like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. So, he, um, he continues the show. Um, uh, what, what did you think of the Krusty not knowing who it is, the clown joke? To me, I, I thought I it was a bit, was a bit lame to me. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I didn't understand it. Like, it just didn't quite hit, I, I didn't quite see what they were going for with that joke. Krusty's the wrong person to do that with because everyone knows Krusty. And I know you can say, oh, well, that's because Springfield's dumb. But no, it's Krusty. Everyone knows no, he's, Krusty. he's one of two celebrities in yeah, the town. Yeah, um, But anyway, so he introduces a big thirsty teddy bear <laughs> in Barney. 
<laughs> I loved Barney's little jig when he gets to the middle of the stage, how he just does the tiniest little hip shake. Yeah. He, he, he makes some effort as much as, he as, tried, much as Barney yeah. can. <laughs> he tries to sell it. Uh, but unfortunately, zero bits. Poor Barney. Uh, this line is withdrawn. Uh. Come on! He likes sunsets! What more do you want? Yar, I'm not attractive. Our last bachelor likes women who take their clothes off for money. Let's hear it for Mo. Why do we have to stand here? This is so humiliating. <laughs> really, really great delivery there from Hank. But um, yeah. you know that that was actually based on something. Um, uh, yeah, was it a, was a comedian? comedian? Yeah, was it- who um, I can't remember the name of the comedian, but he came out, saw that it was a really small crowd, and just walked straight back off. It was Red uh, Red Fox, Red Fox, in and Las the Vegas, orchestra yeah. orchestra had played him on and then played him off because they didn't know what else to do. I um I didn't realize that it was a real thing because they do it again in Trash of the Titans when um ah uh, what's his name. Steve Martin. Steve Martin's character. What's his name? Ray Patterson. When yeah, the do, 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 do. whenever I hear that music, I just think of that moment. <laughs> yeah, great, great theme music. But yeah, so but basically, Springfield has no decent eligible bachelors. That is until cut to uh, all of the fire brigade, just muscly as hell. Yeah. Now, have you ever seen a fireman who actually is like that? You see them in calendars. Ah, uh, I know one. One. Okay. Yeah. Would you even go there? No, he's too much for me. Couldn't handle it. <laughs> but he has been in calendars. Has he really? Yeah. We should make that our goal. At the end of the year, we can try and get into a calendar. A four-finger discount calendar. Why do we make a four-finger discount calendar? Because I wouldn't even buy that. <laughs> <laughs> it could be like the gag prize at Trivia Nights. Maybe, like, I don't know. If, if you're earning too much money and you need some sort of tax deduction, <laughs> maybe. Because it's guaranteed to go backwards. We all know that ain't happening. Alrighty. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So then Marge points out to Apu that you should do it. No, 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 no. And he's just got no confidence. Has he, poor old Apu? No. And I mean, fair enough too. Because as much as you talk him up, you could understand someone in Apu's situation being a bit down on himself. Hmm. Like, you know, a little bit schlubby. He's working in a convenience store. Like, that's that's pretty much his entire life. I could understand him going, who would want me? Well, he's got, he's got no time for uh, for ladies. All his time spent at the Quickie Mart. Mm, exactly that, right. That, Although, that, that, that is his life. That is one thing that does... Um, He spends a lot of time away from the Quickie Mart in this episode. Yeah. It's unsettling me. Yeah, they, and they don't they don't really acknowledge that. Like, who's no, looking after... Like, someone should yeah. be saying, who's looking after the Quickie Mart? Yes, exactly. Whenever Rapu is not at the Quickie Mart, we should be thinking, where's the Quickie Mart? <laughs> it's an easy gag. To, like you could, oh, I left someone in charge. And who who do you think Apu would leave in charge? Who who would you have in that moment? Um, doing a bad job. Hans I, Molman? I would like to think that he would have the statue of um, Ganesh. Gishnu. Ganesh. Vishnu? Gishnu? No, Vishnu. 
Sorry. Dishnu? The the I don't know. The statue of Ganesh with all of his eight it's arms. Ganesh. Are you sh- no, hang on. No. Wait. He says it's the extra arms on Vishnu. Vishnu, not Gishnu. Yeah, okay. So I confused Vishnu and Ganesh. And then he said, and, a- and then he said Vanesh. <laughs> okay, so Vishnu. <laughs> um, with like, you know, change in one hand and a pack of cigarettes in the other or something like that. So basically Vanesh with the most commonly purchased items and needs of the Quickie Mart just sitting on the counter. Would that be... And it would be... Controversial. Hans Molman asking him for directions and not getting anything. For directions? Yeah. To where? Uh, it just could be to where Where do I find something in the oh, store. Oh, in the store. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can have a pre-recorded yeah. message. Where's the paper towel, sir? <laughs> Why aren't we writing for The Simpsons? Because that's not a very funny idea. <laughs> it's a very, very funny idea. Anyway, so um, Apu then finally builds up the courage to stand up and he just pretty much reads out uh, a woman's wet dream, which is his life and, and mm-hmm. his personality. Um, <clears throat> well, I have a doctorate in computer science. Well, sounds pretty good to me, yeah. Um, I run my own business, of course. Well. I do like to cook. I'm not much of a talker, but I love to listen. And in my leisure time, I like to build furniture and then to have a discussion about where it could be placed in a room. $50.75. You better have enough left to pay my alimony, Luann. $300. $350. Sold to the five desperate chicks. All right, we got him. Holy moly! Wow, look who's the ladies' man. Come on, <laughs> I love there the giggle from a poo, and even the the, yeah. the awkward like Marge and uh, Lisa stare at each other. Like, oh, okay, this is kind of weird. <laughs> mm. Yeah, a little bit. But um, yeah, he's just he's embarrassed because he's never had attention from. He has, oh, he's had attention from women in twenty-two short films. That's the only time I can remember. Well, woman. Attention from woman. Oh, a, a, a female compadre. Yes, okay. Um, you know you know what's weird though? Apu had a house in uh two bad neighbours. Um He was washing the car out the front. Mm. Well perhaps he sold up. Moved into an apartment. Why would you do that? Save money? Yeah, save money. Uh, the power costs were too much and I mean his car, the repayments on that car aren't gonna be cheap. No, that's so. that's for damn sure. Uh, so then he goes we cut to all the dates so all the women have bought their night with the poo Miss Hoover's the first one it was it was weird seeing Miss Hoover not as a teacher yeah like most teachers when you see them outside but like you expect it with Krabappel because that's introduced early but I, I don't like the idea of Miss Hoover with lipstick on no it's bringing home Wubsy <laughs> you know what's weird I have friends on Facebook with a couple of teachers I used to go to school with and you see them like going to Bali or whatever, and they're just posting like you know those selfies where they're like looking down at their feet and stuff. But, like you see their entire body, and I'm like, I never in- ever wanted to see my English teacher dressed like this from the nose down. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. I'm just not friends with any of my teachers, so that's an easy step to avoid. <laughs> I try to look someone up <laughs> just while we're. Oh, you we know all what? that I one teacher. Know. I was about to, and then I just went, I don't know their names. I was literally about to type Mr. Robinson. 
I'm sure if you think about it, you'll remember his name. Uh, uh. Then, I like that he then goes straight to Luann's house. So clearly, Milhouse must live next door to uh, Miss Hoover. Then he starts reading all the cards to Homer, uh, all the dirty, all the dirty cards he's been receiving. He doesn't want to read it at the end of it. Homer steals it anyway and reads it. Then he gets the letter from his mother, and it features the lotus flower. Mm-hmm. Homer, you hate them too. <laughs> and then we get the uh, the explanation on what the arranged marriage is. I do appreciate Homer's like, all right, here we go. Yeah, yeah. About to get a flashback. Ten goats and an electric fan? You call that a dowry? Okay, we will throw in a textile factory. But only because Manjula's getting on in years, then it is agreed. Your third daughter will marry our first son. It is done. What do you think of the flashback? Yeah, look, I, I kind of enjoyed the negotiation of the dowry as much as I feel like that's one of the first steps of it being a cultural cringe. If you were watching that, like it's maybe a little bit dismissive of the idea of a dowry. Well, here's the, here's the thing though. I guess because it's religious beliefs, that's why it's different. But like they took the piss out of Australia and our culture. No big deal. But I guess there, like you were, I guess it's it's a religious belief with the whole... Was it in nineteen ninety seven? Like, is it still? This is I'm I am uncultured when it comes to this. Like, is it still a popular thing? I um, until I'm proven wrong, Dando, <laughs> I'm going to say ninety seven percent of all marriages are arranged. I know that American television often goes to this as a gag when it comes to Indian characters, but is it actually a thing? Uh, okay, so arranged marriage in the Indian subcontinent is a tradition where the societies of the Indian subcontinent continue to account for and continue to an account for an overwhelming majority of marriages in the Indian subcontinent. Where okay, so this has a source: Love versus Arranged Marriages. That was the fourth of December two thousand and eight. So, according to at least one source, as recently as eleven years ago, it was still fairly frequent. Okay, so do you think this would be? as offensive if it was voiced by Indian characters. Do you think because it's white people pretending to be Indians taking the piss I, out of an Indian culture? Um, I'm No, I don't think that that makes it any more or less offensive. Uh, I just think the... I, I, I was just asking the question. I don't think anything at all, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I have no business thinking in this particular scenario. Uh, Homer then... Uh, well, you ask Homer for advice. And Homer says, just tell the truth. This reminds me of when I'm having a conversation with somebody and they want advice or what should I have for dinner? And you give them a few options and it's always a reason why not. And you're like, well, just fucking have what you want then. Yeah. Like, you know? um, then he's on the phone to his mother. Um, we get the where are the sticky buns moment, blah, blah, blah. Apu thinks he's gotten away with it, but he hasn't, has he? Uh, no. As much as he gets a sweet little montage to uh, foreigners hot-blooded, very dumb and um, dumber esque this Harry Shearer's moment, don't you reckon? The oh, as in the um instead of, the instead, of instead of trying on suits, he's just getting different haircuts. Yeah, yeah. Well, that happens in Dumb and Dumber as well. The different haircuts and then Harry's yeah. really, yeah. Because he eventually, like, he gets like this nice side part, and then he sees himself in the mirror, and then quickly pulls it back down to being the bowl cut. But but is there someone sitting there like applauding each one? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, actually, I think they get haircuts side by side. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it might be. It. But, they both, they both of, mess it up. That's right. Yeah. It's part of the same montage. Yes. Yep. 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 That's right. They look at each other. Yes. They, they spin around, look at each other, and then go, ugh. I did appreciate the wordplay, though. Hairy shearers. 
Yeah, that was pretty good. Apparently, there was three extra haircuts in that scene, but they had to cut them out due to time. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get Apu driving in the car with a bunch of beautiful ladies. Um, he's just pretty much enjoying the bachelor life for the first time ever. You know, mm. he's realized, oh wait a minute, women do like me. But why? Why would it be that all of a sudden women are just starting to notice him? Or is it a case uh, of he's now approaching women because he now has this newfound confidence? I th- well, there's that, and there's the lack of other options. But there was always a lack of other options because the men were always repulsive. Yeah, but he wasn't actually getting out and making himself available. Yes. So now it's just like literally the only available man. He's Charlton Heston. He's the last man on earth. <laughs> Imagine being the only decent looking man. Oh, he's not, not so much decent looking, but just the only most eligible bachelor in an entire town. What do you mean, imagine? <laughs> you're, you're, you ta- mean, you're taken. You're not a, you're, you're say, a bachelor. Yeah, but I can remember. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> we all know you've been tied down from the very beginning. From long term to long term, right? Uh, there was a gap. There was about a t- there was a twelve year sabbatical. Twelve year? Mm. Oh, what? sorry, twelve months. I was going to say from the age of one to twelve. <laughs> yeah, my apologies. Uh, Homer then checks the lotto scratches, and this is the moment we mentioned earlier where it just seems really stupid that he would pass up the chance to get five hundred dollars just so he can buy a yodel. <laughs> Late night, huh? Not that type to kiss and tell, sir. But listen to this. Oh, you dog. It is my mother. Oh, no. Oh, no. What am I going to do? It's the big problem. Don't you see she is here to meet my wife? The wife that I told her I had. I do not have a wife. Then maybe you shouldn't have told her you did. Oh, she's going to be here any second. Oh, yes. That will buy me some time. I do love the visual gag of his mother falling over. And him being happy because it's going to buy him some time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that will buy me some time. <laughs> but even just the way they drew it, it just looked hilarious. It um, did look very funny. Yeah, it was great. It was very slapstick. Particularly because it's a cartoon and it's okay when a cartoon lady falls over. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like this episode is quite slapstick, really, for a Simpsons episode, don't you think? The way it ends with Homer of the, the Ganesh and you know, all that kind of thing, the elephant. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of slapstick elements. Even the visual joke of him getting out of the electric chair later. Uh, sorry, the electric powered chair yes. later on. Yep, yep. Homer suggests that you know we we do the Marge thing, and I don't know. It just felt like Homer just randomly out of the blue came up with this idea. It, it just all seemed a bit forced to me. It just didn't seem to feel. It didn't come naturally. You don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on the fence on that one. You reckon? I don't. I, don't, I, don't, yeah, I just couldn't. I I didn't buy it. I guess. But it, but it it was required for the story. It it, it fits a few of Homer's principles, like uh, not principles, but it fits a few of a few of his personality traits. Like he doesn't really consider Marge's needs before his a lot of the time until mm. he realizes that he's screwed up and then he tries to make amends. So there's that element of like, hang on, you need a wife. I have a wife. Problem solved. Maybe it's just because I don't know. We don't normally see Homer hanging out with a poo so much as he does in this episode. I don't, I don't get Homer mm. and a poo. But it just seems like, for the sake of the story, Homer's just always at the Quickie Mart, just because Apu needs him there. Yeah, the story. True. They then leave straight away to go see Marge. Um, but yeah, the moment he, where he forgets to tell her is amazing. Oh, that yodel was so good. I wish I was eating it right now. Oh, crap! I forgot! Marge, I need a small favor. For the next few days, will you pretend to be Apu's wife? What? Please! It's just for as long as his mother's living here. What? Honey, I am in my home. 
just the delivery of, oh, crap, I forgot. And then <laughs> just puts Marge on the spot. She has to agree to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, even the way um, she says to the kids, your father. And they're like, oh. You remember your father, Rapu. <laughs> yes. Honey, I'm here in my home. <laughs> uh, we come back. Homer, uh, I did like Homer's gag of, uh, is it fix the toilet or something? Fix the toilet? Yeah, fix that broken toilet before Marge yells at you again. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Apu's mum's just very rude to Marge from the get-go and I love her introduction Thank you And having met you Let me say how deeply, deeply disappointed I am It's um, it's understandable though Someone from her culture coming like Apu, well, Apu's yeah. apparently never told his mother that this has happened So your son's gone and got married in another country Not told you, not invited you to the wedding yeah. And then you're about to find out that he's got a family <laughs> And he's broken the tradition Yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah So it, not even on the personal level But on an entirely cultural level Is there a punishment for that? Like punishment by catapult. <laughs> um, like, well, if you if you are part of an arranged marriage, I like if, if, it's, if it's set think. in stone, what what's the punishment if you don't go through with it, or is it just a okay. case of move along? Can we frame this joke so it's not just in Indian culture? Because I cannot, I could not possibly think of an answer that wasn't going to sound offensive. <laughs> Let's say it's the uh, 14th century, and King Louis of France has promised you to me, and you have yes! run off. To I would never with, run away from the world's most eligible bachelor. If, well, that's what I would have thought. But, you know, maybe back then I had a longer hairstyle. It was the time. It didn't suit me. You wore an that's onion fine. on your belt. Don't like yeah. onions. So, how am I going to punish said Dando for running away? I, I'm a big fan of ironic punishments. So, you ran away from me. So, I'm going to put you on a hamster wheel that will force you to run. And if you stop running the wheel will spin you towards several daggers that will uh, impale you in some incredibly painful fashion. How long do I have to run for, though? Indefinitely. Then so, like, no matter, what, no matter what happens, those daggers are going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> that's not punishment. That's torture. Yes, it is. But the daggers are only going to hurt you. There's someone with a gun. If you don't run, they'll shoot you. Wait, so wouldn't a gun kill me instantly, though? Yeah, but the daggers won't kill you. So it's a case of you've got to run until you can no longer run. And if I feel that you have stopped running early, I will shoot you. But then if I run to the point where I can't run anymore, I get thrown into daggers that won't kill me, but just stab me. They'll just hurt for a bit. <laughs> okay. Sounds like a great deal. This is uh, the pitch for Saw 8. <laughs> Hello, Dando. <laughs> Would you like to be arranged? <laughs> uh, wait, wait, wait. Um, that okay. So How did Apu that happen? How did we Apu, get to that? Apu mentions because we're talking about um, you know, things. Uh, Apu, uh, Apu's mum is sticking up for Manjula, basically saying that she's a sweet, refined, chaste woman. I, I like. I did laugh at Apu's joke here, or not his joke, but that one out of every twenty-five arranged marriages ends in divorce, yes. which is obviously way, 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 way lower than traditional marriage. Um, what is it What is it now in 2019? It'd be quite oh, high, I reckon. Jeez. I don't know. Isn't it like 25%? It's more, I think. It's, it's shocking. It? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's large. It's up there. Yeah. Let's just, like, for context, in my family, everyone is divorced and some people twice. <laughs> like, that's, that's how frequent it is. <laughs> Uh, Apu's mum doesn't actually have a name, so we don't have to keep referring to her as Apu's mum. Or does she have a name? Does she have a wiki or she's just Apu's mother? Uh, anyway. You know, that's a good question. She I'll does, look it up. She just dropped a hint about uh, 
Manjula being quite attractive here because we, we haven't seen her yet. Um, I think she refers to her as she's rather chaste woman. Um, then the kids go along with it as well. Then we cut to uh, Homer at most. She is simply Mrs. Nahasa Pima Petalon. Just Mrs. Okay, yep. We refer to her as a poo's mother. <laughs> Homer is at a, at Moe's and he's just conveniently going on vacation because Homer would always go to Moe's and he would just stay at Moe's. Or he stay at Moe's yeah. house. Because well, I suppose he could have gone to Barney's house. That's assuming that Barney does still have a house. Yeah, now let's assume that Barney's long since been evicted. It It is a thing that... Like, this is another thing where there's just this subplot that's thrown in there just to make the story convenient. Like, or not subplot, but, like, off-the-screen plot that Moe's going to Easter Island, even though he doesn't know where Easter Island is or what it is, which is a kind of... That was another joke that didn't quite land. Later in the episode, he's wearing a T-shirt from Easter Island, but that's all that's ever referenced of it again. It, it exists purely... So Homer can't be at most. It's kind of like, this is one of the first episodes I can recall since we're doing the reviews where certain things are happening and you can kind of imagine the writer's room, people just going, ah, people don't care. Don't worry about it. Like someone would, yeah. have, said, someone would have said, but why is a poop going to Easter Island? Ah, it doesn't matter. I feel like this is what happens when you start to implement a hard and fast finish time in the writer's room. Because <laughs> back in the day, they would have stayed there until three in the morning until they'd got it right. That's right. Yeah, because Scully introduced that, didn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Scully, yeah. Yeah, he said that. And it makes sense because, you know, you want to know when you get to go home. But, yeah, that, that's actually a really good point. That's that's really interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, Homer then goes to the retirement home instead and gets confused for Cornelius Talmadge. Is it 4.30 or 4 p.m. somewhere along that time where they get their dinner? Homer basically is starting to like the idea of staying at the old folks' home. Yeah. Whilst the fact, besides the fact that it's silly that he's being confused for an older guy, it, just forget about that. He's jealous of Jasper on the electric wheelchair. And then we cut to a poo and he is uh, sleeping on the floor. Did you notice his sleeping bag is a crusty sleeping bag? A crusty sleeping bag, yeah. Which makes sense. Like, yeah. Where else? Why else would they have a sleeping bag in, if not for a kid? Yeah, because uh, Homer doesn't go camping. He doesn't have a sleeping bag. Yeah. Lisa and Bart then ask a poo's mother a few questions. Uh, in particular, her dot on her head. Does it change color <laughs> when she's ticked off? <laughs> <laughs> that's That's... Yeah. See, like, I laugh at that, and I hope I'm allowed to. That's a uh, that's just kids being kids, really, isn't it? Yeah. I am a big fan of, and this is a quote that I like, The um, as long as you have absolutely no follow-up questions, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> and then, Lisa, fully. <laughs> <laughs> Homer, back at the home, uh, he's really enjoying his time. I do appreciate mm-hmm. him yelling at Hazel, her not responding, and he goes, oh, hell with her. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe on to the next one. <laughs> And then Grandpa calling him Cornelius. Cornelius. That was a good little uh, full stop to that run. Yes. Of like, it's like, geez, this is going a long time. And then you just get the so dignified Cornelius. Yeah. Like, ah, <laughs> well, well played. You know what I like to think? That the grandpa- grandpa's genuinely confused. I like to think that he's going along with the scam. I almost prefer it the other way. That grandpa's started to believe the lie. <laughs> <laughs> he then races Jasper. Um, it's kind of like Greece, isn't it? The two cars, it's like the wheels hitting yeah. each other, and he just decides to run instead. Drinking chips. This seems like an amazing concept. Yeah, does this exist? Do they have mush chips? I hope so. Like, I, I will be doing this from now on. At least once in my life, I'm going to have to drink chips and see how it goes. I suppose if you just, do you just blend it, how many chips would you have to blend to get like a uh, smoothie, I- like a, a salt and vinegar smoothie? Well, it's just going to be about chip-to-water ratio and what you actually put in there. Because if you water it down too much, you lose your flavor. But do you want to 
put water in it though. I suppose you have to have some sort of liquid, don't you? But do you want to put yeah. water with potato chips? That would just yeah, it'd be no good, right? Got yeah, it wouldn't be great. But yeah, you've got to have something. Yeah. Uh the nurse. He asked the nurse to then turn him. I do appreciate. Like Homer's just being a jerk now. He's gone from being the cool, like the, the convenient pal for a poo to just being a jerk. But it's still funny. I like the. Who knew that Lay's made liquid potato chips? I can't suck just one. Another bag of chips, Mr. Talmadge. Please. Also, I think I'm getting a bed sore. What do you have to do to get turned around here? Hey, what's Lucky hooked up to? Uh, A respirator. It breathes for him. Here I am using my own lungs like a sucker. And how come everyone gets a bedpan and I have to walk all the way over there? You mean there? Yeah! Hello, I'm Cornelius Talridge. My family brought me here on Monday, but I broke free and went on a bit of a bender. Wait a minute. If you're Cornelius Talmadge, then who's... I like the dignified suit that the real Cornelius wears. I like the fact that he was so dignified and bragging about the fact that he escaped. He was so proud of himself. Uh, Add something of a bender. Yes. <laughs> if, you're, if you're an old person, like escaping... The old folks home was like escaping prison. How invigorating would it be? Yeah, that's true. Like, like, I'm, I'm, su- whole... I'm surprised I've never you don't hear more of it. Like old folks there's... not 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 getting lost, just trying to plan an escape. Well, at the very least, there's a movie in that. Oh like, yeah, if like, Chevy Chase wanted to properly relaunch his career, that's the way to do it. The Great Escape, but old folks in, a, in an old folks home that would be amazing. Yeah. And they've kind of made a few of those styles of movies, like Going in Style and that sort of thing, where they get old people in on a caper. Yeah. Um, but not, not, one, not escaping an old folks' home. What's the Michael Caine one? Um, Michael Caine, Bank Robbery. I was caught this the Italian on Foxtel. Job. Oh, no, it was Going in Style. Sorry, that was his. Um, there was another one that... Uh, uh, El Pacino. Stand Up Guys. El Pacino and um, Christopher Walken and Ellen Arkin. We're in a movie. So, like, these, there was also one from Vegas recently, but, like, these older guys are just teaming up where the general concept is old people try to pull off a crime, and that's enough. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Actually, Michael Caine's in another one currently called uh, King of Thieves. Is that any is good? On, uh, I don't know. It's, it's got a middle-of-the-road rating on IMDb, but... That's a true story about a crew of retired crooks trying to pull off a major heist. Could, and you'd have Liam Neeson play the uh, the person that works at the old folks' home. They're going to try and get around Liam Neeson, or is yeah, it going to be a be younger good. guy? I think you've got one of each. So it'd be you got to have the exper- you got to have the experienced guy, which would be Neeson. Yeah, Colin Hanks would be a perfect oh, ward. Yeah, and he's really good in Mad Men, by the way. We just started watching Mad Men. Oh yeah, he's fantastic in Mad Men. Yeah, but yeah, so he would be. He'd be the guy that would get taken advantage of and ultimately be heartbroken because he's trusted being betrayed. <laughs> That's exactly what it would be. There'd be that moment <laughs> where he's at the end of the hallway as one of the old folks is locking him into a cupboard and they just make eye contact. And then wink at him and walk off. <laughs> and he, his face would just drop. It'd be that like, I trusted I put my you. faith in you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's write this movie. Yeah, okay. I th- <laughs> yep. Even if it doesn't get made, it sounds like it'd be just fun to write. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) But all the character names are referred to as the actors. (laughs) (laughs) So then Michael Michael Caine turns, turns uh, sorry, stops at the end of the hallway. He turns, looks in the camera, and he says, 
I'm sorry, Colin Hanks. Anyway. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, where were we again? We're just so lost. We said before we started recording, we're going to keep this short and sweet. We never managed to do it. Could we get too yeah. busy talking about arranged um, marriages? Homer runs, <laughs> Homer runs out when he gets back. He, so, we come oh, back and he's great in visual. bed with Marge. Great, great visual. Talking. Yeah. Yeah, it is a very funny visual. It's just his pants in his left hand. In the wind. In the wind. <laughs> He get back and he's saying that he wants to be put in a home when he's older because it's like being a baby, except you're old enough to appreciate it. It's a good way of summing it up, I think. Yeah, that's very true. Um, then Apu's mum walks in, ready to go, apparently. Okay, Apu, I'm packed. No one else seems to be aware of the fact that she's going to the airport. Maybe she's made this booking herself. And then There's a, there's a lot just... of things, you sh- a lot of questions you just don't need to ask in this episode because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um. Like, why would you continue living with the Simpsons after this moment? <laughs> well, I, we've established that. She needed a yard. But does she have to live there? <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, we come back. And Apu's mum is talking to Manjula on the phone. Says that she's going to plan the whole wedding herself. Um, Marge is not so sure about how they're going to get everything that she wants because it seems too elaborate with an elephant and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Lisa then questions, you know, why she's still here because that's what the viewers are doing. But, you know, I, I just don't quite think that was enough. You know, there's a joke here that I did like for Castrati. What's a Castrati? I don't know, but I'm sure it's spicy. Th- that's, um, see, I, you and I eat Indian food quite a lot. And a lot of my friends eat a lot of Indian food. But my parents, there was like a generational gap where they just weren't into it. And not only parents, but anyone that I know that is of a, my parents' age. My parents so- won't touch it. Yeah, they are so terrified of Indian food. And it's there's no need for it whatsoever. Like, it's delicious. And if you just go uh, butter chicken, which is your Australian stock standard, I've never had Indian, I'll go butter chicken. That's, your, nice. pa- that's like, your palmy of Indian food. Yeah, exactly. It's soft, it's creamy, it's tomatoey, it's delicious. But but people are just terrified that everything is a vindaloo. And it's got two things that are delicious in the title, butter and chicken. How can it go wrong? Yeah, exactly right. Um but I guess because when someone says butter chicken, what butter chicken is, is not what your brain imagines. It's a butt of chicken. No, well, I was more thinking, but butter, like the flavor of butter is nowhere to be found. No, well, see, see I very, I haven't had butter chicken in a long time. I'm more of a uh, uh, korma. Yeah, okay, korma's good. Yeah, yeah, I, vindaloo or korma is what, usually what we get. But um, yeah, butter chicken, I remember being delicious, but it's just, it's just not my go-to anymore. It's just sweet and yummy. Uh, I had a pork belly vindaloo the, on the weekend, which was actually really, really tasty. But yeah, like it's it, what it should be called really is tomatoey coconut milk chicken. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I think uh, the older the the generation before us would be all over it. See, it's, it's funny though. I bet you if you just put it on a plate and served it to them, they'd love it. But the second you told yeah. it was Indian, they'd be like, "Oh, I'm not too sure." Uh, told them it was if you told them it was Chinese, they'd love it. <laughs> Yeah. Just put some fried rice on the side, you're set. <laughs> Just a prawn cracker <laughs> and a vindaloo. Are your parents like the chicken balls and batter as well? Is that what they get with with Chinese? Uh, uh, yeah, well, yes, but not not only that. Um, you know, ch- I, it's, it's a weird thing. Chinese food people, Australians will order everything. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people that just won't touch Indian. Yeah. <laughs> But then at Moe's, the barflies are all talking about a poo getting thrown out as if like Marge has thrown him out. Actually, sorry. Can I quickly elaborate one more thing on that? This is brief. 
someone at work yesterday was like, oh, no, I can't eat spicy things. I'm like, no, you can. You just don't. Like, it's not a superpower. You just, you put a little bit of spice into a food and you'll get used to that level of spice. And then the next time you just go, I'll put a little bit more. And you go, oh, that's a bit hotter. And then you get used to that. So my my lesson out there to anyone, don't write yourself off chili just because the first time you had it, you had too much. It's like you can't do 100 push-ups right now, no. But if you did 10 every yes. day for the next month, you can do 50. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, hey, do you want to go for a run? Oh, no, I can't run 10 kilometers. Well, no, that's not what I was asking. <laughs> I was like, let's just get to the end of the street first. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll work on it from there. Baby steps, yeah. I do love when you in a big group of people and there's always one person who thinks they can take the chef on. Give me the oh, hottest yeah. you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that never works. <laughs> no, not when it's a challenge. When the chef looks at, especially when the chef looks out to see who it is too. They're like, oh, all right, you, yeah. and, you and me, one-on-one, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so as you were saying, back at the bar flies and they're talking about Apu getting thrown out by Marge. Tough break. I mean, this is, yeah, that was kind of funny. Not not, not amazing. It's no. just a little little moment. It's, it's, ru- it's, where, it's uh, rushed again. Like we have a poo sort of like the night before his wedding, you know. Um, he's mm. sad. He's depressed. Homer takes him on like somewhat of a uh, bucks night to the old folks' home. Cool. Well, it's, it's funny little. It's funny little cutaway, but still, it just I don't know. This whole scene just didn't really do much for me. It's the second or third swing in the story. It's it's almost like this episode needed to be feature length if it was going to fit in all of the the threads that it tries to pick up and like it stops and starts and it goes down a lot of different paths. It becomes like you know it's a it's a lying episode for a little bit and now all of a sudden it's trying to go into a romantic comedy kind I, of ending. I, I, I think. As funny as the subplot is, this episode is worse off for having it. Yeah. It doesn't get enough time to spend with Apu. No. And no. really go through the the dilemma. It's an action it's a serious it's a serious it problem they're tackling here, a serious theme. And that is just yeah, mm. they don't take it I wouldn't say they don't take it serious, but yeah, they just don't give it the time. They just don't know which way they want to attack it is no. the biggest problem. Imagine the kids and the mother are then at the airport waiting for Manjula. We still don't see her yet. And we get the uh, the tiger trainers. What are they called? What are their takeoffs? Is it uh, Siegfried, Siegfried and Roy? Roy. Yeah. Um, they decide to choose the white tiger. I'm assuming they didn't have a white tiger. Uh, presumably. I did like the joke about Indian population with the which plane is she on, the 10, the 10, 15, or the 10, 30. That was pretty funny. We're then at home and the wedding is about to start. Bart is burning now. Very important. He's burning hymns. He was originally burning pages from the Bible, and Mike Scully saw the visual and didn't like it. He thought it was a bit too uh, too offensive, so he changed it to just for the book to say hymns and not now, Bible. That you're making an entire episode that's making fun of a Hindu belief. Yeah, I know, right? That's what and I was going to say. Throw but out this the is, one this is the bit issue. about oh, we can't make fun of someone tearing pages out of the Bible. No, exactly. I was going to say like, the same thing. So why is yeah. that, why is that worthy being taken out? But you can take fun, make fun of the entire Hindu yeah. religion. <laughs> and that's something where I really, you know, respect and really enjoy South Park because they wouldn't have made that call. They'd be like, no, we're we're making fun of everyone. Yeah, like who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, whereas, yeah, once you do pick and choose, then suddenly it becomes a, well, what do you really think of the guys that you are making fun of? Then you know, you know what it is. This is this is just me assuming. But it could be that the people writing this episode and making this episode, they thought it could offend somebody that they know. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be a big part of it. Um, or the other option is maybe it was just 
well, it could be that it was offensive to them personally, or it's just, no, we'll probably get more complaints if we do that. I was going to also say they've had complaints just in the past because of that, so let's just yeah, avoid it. Yeah, playing playing the averages. Yeah, you know those Indians, they keep their mouths shut. We make fun of them all the time. They don't complain. That's that's that. Let's just be honest. That oh, sorry. Let's just be perfectly clear that that was you being in Simpsons writer mode. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> not you as the, the views of Brendan Dando are not necessarily that of four finger discount. <laughs> Uh, Apu is not happy about it. Um, only the gods could stop the wedding now. Gives Homer the idea. Even that, like he put what he put that costume together in what half an hour. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose it had extra arms and everything. <laughs> no, he, oh Homer, sorry, I thought you were talking about uh, what Apu was wearing. And that's his <laughs> wedding suit. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I was like, I mean, I'm sure they were able to source one. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, Homer just gets the idea to be Ganesh and just yeah. makes the costume. Ah, oh, no, it just seemed a bit silly. Uh, the Reverend then he consulted a Hindu website. Um, to get to know what to say during the, the ceremony. Apu enters on the elephant. Um, he's clearly not happy about it at all, but wishes he had an elephant. We get a reference to Stampy. Now, I was quite shocked here when it squashed the mouse. I didn't expect it. No, but I, I like that in that, you know, I've never, like, it's the common trope that an elephant is scared of a mouse. I'm sure it's not true and that this is exactly how it would be dealt with. Like, in the wild, how many mice do you reckon an elephant kills a day without even knowing it? 60? Oh, I'd probably say maybe 20. Yeah, like just by, how, mis- how, just by how, walking. How many ants do you think you kill a day by walking? Oh, um, depends on the path you take, but yeah, it'd, be in the, it'd be multiple figures. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Manjula then finally enters. We finally get to see her, and Pooh has taken her back, and oh, wait a minute, it's okay now. She's pretty. It's all right. Wedding's on. It's all good. Homer then enters the, to try and spoil the party, dressed as Ganesh, um, but gets chased away by one of Apu's family, I'm assuming. They've made the trip over. There's a lot of Indian characters here that we've just never seen before. Yeah, Apu's mum did a really good job of bringing a lot of people over. In but, 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as Wikipedia said, up to 500 can come. I'm sure they're, all, they're not all close friends when something like that happens. Yeah. There'd be the so, politics. Of marriage and family and that sort of stuff that are involved. That is true. Maybe, maybe a few of them are workers from the textile factory. <laughs> so one of them chases Homer away, chases him into a tree that we find out in a few moments. Manjula and Apu then reveal that you know they're both nervous. I mean, as you would be if you never met this person before. Hmm. Um, they then they hit it off quite well. Oh, do you think this marriage could really work? Who knows? We can always get divorced. Of course. God bless America. I do like that. We can always get divorced. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, like, hey, that, what that's, the a, that's a pretty funny comment on like it's little comments like that where I feel like they're trying to save themselves by saying we're not only making fun of Indian culture because it's kind of their way of saying Americans don't take weddings and marriage anywhere near as seriously as Indians do. So perhaps they're, you know, th- we might be laughing at their customs, but maybe they're a bit more honorable. Yeah, so they're, they're Americanizing the Indian culture. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much is exactly what what they've done with that line. Um, they we don't actually see the wedding. Um, we just cut to them being, you know, uh, what's the word? Not dubbed. Pronounce you, uh, husband and wife. <laughs> Mo then cries. Dub you. Ho. <laughs> <laughs> Mo is a very uh, Mo is a very emotional person, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he is. He's just no good at weddings. <laughs> <laughs> they were little women. Uh, they then play close to you. Um, but not in English. And Homer is then eating all the peanuts that belong to the elephant. The elephant then attacks him. 
I expected the elephant to put him in his mouth, but I guess that was Stampy that did that. For some reason, I had yes. this visual of Homer going to the mouth. Yeah, right. Um, Manjula then pretends to be annoyed that Apu has an apartment, but no, she's just taking the piss, which I like. I like that aspect of her character, that she's just, she just seems down to earth. Yeah. Um, and then Homer is in the background with the elephant. Did you hear him at the end saying, oh, everyone's upside down? Uh, I did. I didn't laugh at it. No, I didn't either. I was <laughs> going to say, it, it's, it's just like the Homer's too stupid for me now. Like, he's just, he's, yeah. by the end of this it, episode, Homer's just a blithering child. He's a fool. It, Reminded me of Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling and Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> oh, shouldn't have eaten all that upside down cake. Now, I didn't laugh at that either, but I laugh at it in hindsight because of yes. how bad it was. Yes, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, all in all, it's um, it's not a great episode. It's not a bad one, but it's just, I don't know, it... It's not bad. It's just there's nothing really to it. If, if there's, no, I think... There's a lot of stuff this, happening, but nothing really... They don't, they don't stick their teeth into any of it. Yeah, we've we've um we've gone to bat for a few of the episodes that we've done so far in season nine, and said if people are pointing to season nine as being the sort of ep- uh, as where it turned the corner, that it's not as cut and dry in that as that. But this is probably the sort of episode that people have in their mind when they say that season nine is when they stopped being great. Yeah, it's definitely definitely one of the weaker ones for sure. What do we learn, Palmer? So, what'd you learn from the episode, Mitchell? Oh, that all Indian weddings take place at a house. <laughs> Apparently true, in the uh, the book of Mit- of Grinter, I learned that all potato chips should be liquefied from now on. Yeah, okay, but you do- but the crunch is satisfying. It is. Maybe they can give you the option. Would you like those yeah. liquefied, sir? Yes. Yeah. Exactly right. I'd like some chips, please, in a cup or a bag. <laughs> I wonder what uh, you know chips at a restaurant like steak cut chips would be like pure uh, liquefied. Um. Well, mashed potato. Hmm. Yeah, with a bit of milk. That's delicious. It's a really creamy mashed potato. Mm, good. Good, good, good. I tell you who'd be the man to liquefy a chip is Heston Blumenthal. He's probably already done it. Who the hell is that? You don't know Heston? No. He's the bald, bald dude who's like full-on gastric and inventive food science. Okay. Um, yeah, look him up. I will do. That will be. Is that my lock for the week? Look up that guy. I don't know about lock for the week, but some of his shows are pretty interesting. Mail bad time. Uh, we've got an email from Renata Dragoli, who was actually at the trivia night. Mm. Um, it's a very long email, and she's apologized for it being a long email, so I'm not going to read it all out. We're just going to get straight to the question, apart from the bit where she... Oh, well, actually, yeah. Okay. Her question. What is our favorite opening scene or act to an episode? She can't go past the opening at a home goes to college. From the score, the way that the inspectors use an axe on the office door... Homer's the B bit my bottom now my bottom oh, sorry the B bit my bottom now my bottom is big, the four buttons that he presses to cause the meltdown. The inspector saying there was no nuclear material in the truck, and the box the box. That also has the Flintstones opening, right? Or was, uh, that, was that Marge versus the Monorail? The, I don't remember. Well, actually, I think it's Marge versus the Monorail. Yeah, it is. Yeah, my I do. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but one that springs to mind is I do like the opening scene slash act of the Springfield Files. Okay. Yep. With Leonard Nimoy and then Hope. Just it just it, it the the vibe is different, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just um yeah, a lot of sci-fi aspects and Homer going to the woods and seeing the alien and everything. I I really like it. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good one. Um, if I had to cast my mind back through some of the better openings, Lemon of Troy is pretty good. Remind me how Lemon and Troy starts. So Bart graffitis the concrete, and then Marge says this town is a part of us all, and they go in the lemon tree, gets stolen by Shelbyville. 
and then mm. they it's Bart forms a gang. They go to Shelbyville. You know, I've completely gone blank on like how how episodes start. What about the Indiana Jones opening? <laughs> oh yes, actually, thank you for putting that front and center in my mind. Yeah, the Indiana Jones parody is one of the best cold opens to an episode. Has nothing to do with the story, but yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just done so well. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for saving the day. Uh, P.S. Renata writes. Thank you for the live podcast and trivia night. It was a really great night, even though my team crashed out in spectacular fashion in the last round. Can't believe how funny Mitch was in his opening monologue. Wanted to come and meet you guys. I did say hi to Dando at the door, but I have to admit I was a little starstruck. I promise I will next time. Don't be sick. And hopefully the did she winner say that. She, no, yeah, that that bit was real. And um, hopefully the winner isn't spoiled again after four fucking hours. <laughs> Oh, well, no. See, this is the thing, right? So, so there's, there's a little in-joke to people that were there. Yeah. So, what happened was, Mitch said, just scroll up slowly. But do you think I could fucking see the bar? It was the, the, <laughs> the, the, the um, slideshow wasn't projected on the thing properly, so I couldn't see the sidebar. That's all good. It's fine. No one was, <laughs> no one was really upset. It was, it was all a bit. <laughs> ah, here we go. Marcus Black writes in with a uh, shower thought. Um, hey, guys, Princess Kashmir is now te- technically a Disney princess. She is. Wow, I'm going to use that in the page. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Harrison McClure from Southampton, England has got an opinion slash question. Oh, it's long. An opinion. I don't like the sound of this. Opinion. Let me, <laughs> sorry, let me fly my eyes through this. Uh, oh, actually, this isn't a bit. Okay, so this is kind of off the back of the principal and the pauper. Um, okay. So, he said, being a long listener to the podcast for a while, he has a, a long letter of appreciation saved in his drafts to finish eventually. But for now, he wanted to fly a question our way off the back of the review of Principal and the Pauper. During the podcast, we spoke about how we think that... I spoke about how I thought the writers did a good job of writing how this should... Like, in a way that shouldn't affect the fans' view um, and the lack of impact that it has on the Simpsons universe. And how they didn't write the killing off Maud Flanders in Alone again naturally diddly as well as they could have... But he, his question, is there any other significant change the writers made to the Simpsons universe that you don't like or felt could have been handled better? And f- frankly, his answer is probably better than any that we'll come up with. So I'll read his first and then see if you do come up with anything else. For him, he really didn't like the way the writers made Barney's character sober only to revert to him being a drunk again. Um, yep. So he knows that that's not majorly important but he doesn't know why they abandoned the idea can only assume it was because they felt like Barney wouldn't be as fun or interesting sober or felt limited in regards to writing uh, but he would argue that he found Barney a lot more likable when he wasn't drinking well, the problem the problem is with that though is, is 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 the problem with that is that there is no other big drunk in Springfield like Barney so you take him out of that and make him sober who are they going to fall on for like the the drunken alcoholic gags well, just take them out. Like, do you really need them? They, they feel like, I don't know, like, a tradition's not the right word, but they just feel like a Simpsons staple. Like, alcohol, alcoholism is such a big part of the humour in Springfield. It's a terrible yeah, but, place. But it doesn't need to be, I don't think. Mm. I, I think there's only so many jokes about alcoholism that you can write before well, you do you want Mo to have a business or not? No, that doesn't mean that you can't still have people at the bar. It just doesn't know, need to be Barney. So. Um, yeah. No, no, I, I agree. If you're going to change a character that much and stick with it for a, a few episodes, I think it was a couple of seasons even, maybe even more. Yeah, um, yeah don't go back to it. Yeah, it, it, it is kind of jarring for me when I... Because once that episode happened, I just assumed he was sober from then on. And then I watched one of the newer ones and I was like, oh, 
wait, he's Barney again? What happened? Like, I, I, I missed the episode where he went back to being the drunk again. I've never actually seen it. Uh, he was just, I watched an episode one day and he was all of a sudden the original Barney again. Hmm. But yeah, so that that is kind of weird. Um, big changes yeah, that I big changes that I didn't like. Well, I thought they handled the um the divorce of Milhouse's parents quite well, so I won't yeah. say that. Oh well, I will. Ca- it's hardly even a change, but uh, we've spoken before. the The supposed coming out of Smithers to Burns was not done well. Oh god, they built that up like he was actually going to come out. He never did. Yeah. So Paddy has come out as lesbian, and they've stuck with that. I don't think you can have a character come out as gay and then revert it. Like, it's it's not like... Yeah. There's just revealing who they really were. You know what I mean? They're not going to go back to being in the closet again. Um, uh, uh, what well, maybe uh, Mrs. K and Skinner splitting up. They were together for so long, but I guess that's just a relationship. Yeah, though, that, that's just a relationship breaking down. I don't know. It's not like I've got a problem with changes being made. It's more just having a change... Like, in this case, in the Barney case, it's a change that was made and then reverted when perhaps didn't need to be. Yep. Anyway, that's it for the mailbag. That's it for the mailbag. Alrighty. Well, we should let the uh, the patrons know and those who are looking to for a reason to join up to Patreon that we're going to be doing our Ask Us Anything podcast this week sometime. Um, we mm-hmm. posted in the uh, in the Facebook group. Ask us anything. It doesn't have to be Simpsons related. Ask us literally anything. And we had a shitload of responses. So it's going to take us a while to get through all of those. We probably won't get through all of them in the first podcast, but we'll just answer as many as we go through them as we can. But that'll be coming probably next week. It'll be available on Patreon, that one there. Also, we've got another Futurama coming up as well. Um, Talking Seinfeld is going to come up in a, in a few weeks' time, so stay tuned for that as well. So much available on the uh, on the Patreon it, page. <laughs> Talking Seinfeld's coming in the future. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. It's happening. It's yes. been a busy time. Yes, it's been a very, very busy time. Don't forget, we're going to be doing another trivia night. If you missed out on tickets to the... It's, it's funny. We actually had people asking for tickets because it sold out. Like, there was people like, scalping tickets. Did you see that on the event page? Oh, no, I missed that. People were scalping cool. tickets to our event. I hope they profited. They did. Good on them. <laughs> uh, it's going to be in May sometime. We'll say that. It's going to be in May, the next trivia night. It's going to be in Melbourne. Plus, a Sydney uh, venue has been booked. We're just going to decide on a date. So, New South Wales listeners, stay tuned for that as well. Next week, we're going to be reviewing episode eight of season nine. It is Lisa the Skeptic. I have nothing but good memories of this episode. Uh, yeah, I like that episode. Mm. It's... Uh, I like the ending. The ending's a really good bait and switch. I really enjoy it. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, Mitch, any final words for the listeners? I was going to sing Why Do Birds Suddenly Appear in Hindu, but it feels both impossible and offensive. <laughs> I'm glad you just didn't do it. <laughs> and frankly, singing Why Do Birds Suddenly Appear in English in key feels both impossible and offensive. I know, I know what you should do is do your routine from the trivia night. Should I, play no, that, no, no. should I play that clip? No, it's a visual. The visual won't work. Like, I was happy with that not being on the podcast. That was just for the for the crowd. Yeah. Maybe you should just play their laughter. <laughs> Do you have any actual final words? No, I think it's that. Play the crowd. Okay. <laughs> okay. Play the crowd response. <laughs> See you next you week, guys, guys can just imagine what the joke was, and this is what happened.